Welcome back, listeners. So on the first segment, we just talked about what are those timely things happening in the field right now, some really great progress across the area, and the weather for the most part has been cooperating uh, really, really well. Um, Josh, I also hit on just some of the main questions we've been getting from the field, one of those being on the soybean side of things, where should we be aiming for planting depth-wise? But another really common question we've been getting in regards to some of these drier soil conditions are, you know, should I be holding off on pre-emergence herbicides? Should I stay the course? Um, what's your opinion on that? Yeah, I'm going to first focus on the, the soybean side of things. Uh, I don't want to ignore corn in this situation, but we do have a lot of flexibility with corn pre's. I mean, we want to be putting down residual, but there are a vast majority, not all, there are some that we cannot spray on emerged corn, but there are a vast majority that have a post-emerge label too, and we have some flexibility that if we do get a little bit later, the corn spike and or some weeds are come up, we can add some products and we're going to do a very good job. The soybean side of things where a lot of our pre's, uh, we do got to have them down pre-emerge. So we got to be close behind here. Some beans are emerged that were planted early across Southeast Minnesota already. But that question of dry soil, am I just wasting my time, money and effort to be out there doing it? You know, my take on that is I am strongly encouraging everyone to stay the course. And the main reason is we need ideally a half an inch of rain within seven days. It's hard to know what's going to happen where if you say, yeah, pull the pan, I think it's too dry. For all we know that, you know, two, three days later, we may get that half inch of rain that we needed to activate that herbicide. And now we're off to the races. The other side of it, if you're, you know, if you're wavering, well, what is the plan B? What's that going to look like? If we don't do this pre, what are we going to do? And there are options. I mean, we'll, we'll come up with a game plan that's going to work. But for right now, Allie, we really just want to stay the course because I never like making decisions, guessing what the weather may or may not do. Um, my experience with that is I always make the wrong decision and then it kind of never turns out very good. Um, and I also mentioned too, just be watching that emergence. Uh, we don't want any of those beans up or if you have a furrow uh, that for some reason is a little bit cracked or open and that herbicide can make contact with those cotyledons that are trying to get uh, pushed out of the ground, that can be an issue. Um, but that's kind of my take on, on the, the pre-emerges uh, at this stage of the game. Well, and I think those are all good considerations. I think the number one thing, though, is do be aware of where your crop is sitting at stage-wise. Like you mentioned, the soybeans are starting to crack and emerge. I think this crop has progressed maybe a little quicker than we even thought it would. Um, so just being that much more timely on some of those applications is going to be really important. Um, and unfortunately, we just don't live in a one-pass uh, weed control system world anymore. So really keeping track of what our what our options are there is going to be important. Um, but one more question that's been, I think, pretty common from the field, we've really been paying attention to what do our nitrogen programs look like this year, just making sure we have that nitrogen, where we need it, when we need it. So with these drier conditions and some of these nitrogen applications, Josh, um, what are some of those kind of key points that you make sure you're reiterating as you're out in the field? Yeah, a lot of times uh, I get the question on urea, and a lot of our corn is planted. A lot of where uh, areas that we're using dry urea as our source, a lot of that's incorporated. Now there may still be a couple situations, some alfalfa fields coming out, or maybe we left some acres from a nerd that are still going to go to corn that are going to get some applications of urea. It is really dry out. Um, you know, in most cases, even though it's cool and dry, we do have a couple days if you're not going to incorporate that we're safe. Um, but if we are doing some unincorporated uh, applications, this is probably a window that using a urease inhibitor is going to be extremely beneficial. And the other side of it is a lot of times some people forget about UAN 28% or 32. Half of that, that product is urea. So again, 
lower percentage that's that's at risk, but there is still a, a large portion of nitrogen you have sitting there that, that can be volatile and utilizing a urease inhibitor could be beneficial. We may have some growers alley that are using uh, some 20 to 32 as a carrier for their premier herbicide. And for how dry it is, it could be an issue when you are spraying 28 or 32, it is much more at risk than when you're banding it or dribbling it. Uh, when you're broadcasting it, spraying it out there, uh, you're going to have more issues. And the other thing, Allie, is some of these small rains, we're not getting that quarter inch that we really need to work that in for how dry it is. We probably be more like a half an inch. Um, some of these really small light rainfalls can really make that surface applied end not if it not if it isn't incorporated really volatile and uh, utilizing a urease inhibitor could be very beneficial. One other thing just to point out, um, you know, your soil pH plays a big role. A lot of our soils in Southeast Minnesota alley are acidic, so they're probably sitting around six, five, not too bad. But if we do have some situations where we're up above seven, you know, that, that, that nitrogen application four to six days after application on a pH seven compared to six, five is almost two times more volatile. So be thinking about your soil pH uh, along the way as well. Allie, one other thing coming up, there's a little bit of concern about the weather coming up here, some cold snaps coming. We got about 30 seconds left of the show. What are some things we got to maybe, maybe where, what are our highest risk acres moving into this frost in your opinion? So I think on the corn side of things, even though we have that corn up and out of the ground in some cases, that is probably the least of my concern just because we know that growing point is well below the ground and those plants should recover in most cases. On the soybean side of things, as those start to emerge, those are going to be the acres we're probably going to be at more, we're going to put it more high risk, especially on maybe the no-till um, early planted soybean side of things, probably the acres that we're going to go through first. Josh, any quick thoughts on that? Yeah, I think early planted no-till soybeans, high residue cooler soil temps, going to have a better chance of setting that cold in. And in next week's episode, we'll review uh, what the results were of the cold weather, and uh, we'll have some more updates from the field.